Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Hey, imagine this. Imagine you are on a wondrous journey to find your way back to you. It's time to begin living the meaningful life that you were born to live right here, right now. Imagine life as a beautiful expression of creativity and joy. Our guest today says that you were born a resonant genius with the capacity to create a life that you truly love. Step out of the stories that limit you in your life and into the divine vision of your own brilliantly crafted plan. We are going to have such a yummy show for you today. So I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment. As you open your mind, connect with your heart and settle into your essential self. Our guest today, Heather McCloskey Beck is an inspirational author and speaker, musician, and founder of the global peace movement, Peace Flash. Dedicated to creating dynamic peace within our world, Heather is a columnist for the Huffington Post and author of her best-selling book, Take the Leap. Also an intuitive and healer, Heather speaks to audiences both in the United States and internationally and offers workshops and private consultations designed to inspire and assist others in creating lives that are meaningful and valuable in alignment with our own inner calling. Welcome, Heather. I am so happy to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. I am really happy to have you here as well, Heather, today. And um, we have so much that we can talk about. It will be difficult to limit it. But I'm going to start with our perennial question, Heather, because we like to really ground our conversation on this show in a higher perspective. And so our listeners love to hear the response to this first question. So, Heather, what does all things connected mean to you? What a beautiful question. We're all born from an infinite, never-ending expansiveness of consciousness, and that consciousness is never-ending, never-beginning, and we're all from that flow. And when we are born into these lives, when we particulate, when we individuate, we are all coming from the same source, that same connection. And what we do is we bring that brilliance, that creative inspiration that runs throughout the entire universe, and we dive into these lives. We're profoundly connected always, in every moment, with every breath, even though we may forget that. Hmm. Mm, and I just breathe and pause into that. What a beautiful response. Thank you for that. That's a great mm. question. Mm. Well, I I love that question because it does mean so much and it's so really multifaceted and multidynamic. It it really does create um, meaning on multidimensions. So thank you for yours. That was, Mm. that was beautiful. And, and Heather, this is 
a good way to start because your your response really grounds us in the the really context of what you do for a living. You inspire so many people in so many different ways. Um, you you have a beautiful Facebook presence. You work with people individually. You're an author. People read your word and you're a speaker and you, you share the stage with some really incredible people. You're going to do that later next month again to celebrate your life conference down in Phoenix and share the stage with the best of the best. So let's just, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got here? What is Heather's story that brings you to sharing such potent, important message and messages, I should say, on the planet right now? How'd you, how'd you get here? What's your story? You know, what I do know about that is we have many threads in our lives, each of us. We could follow a thread that involved our health or maybe relationships or maybe things that we're passionate about. But what I discovered was when I was born here and as a tiny, I remember my life back to between three and six months old. So right from the beginning, I remembered what I wanted to do when I came here. And so all the indicators were there along the way. When I was three, four years old, I was wanting to study classical piano, and we didn't have a piano. So I kept saying to my parents, please, please, I want to have piano instruction. Well, we don't have a piano. So I fashioned a small little cardboard keyboard and started plunking my fingers. I'd go into the living room, put the stereo on a little symphony, and I'd start playing the piano to some concerto. And my parents took a look at me, and within a week, an old player piano came into our house. So I think that what happened was at a very, very young age, I understood that there was no death. I knew this. I remember conversations with my family. I never understood why I couldn't be you and you couldn't be me, shifting consciousness, so I'd know what it was like. So from the very, very beginning, all these things were in place. And I would have to say I'm really, really blessed that I didn't lose that sense, despite all the social enculturation I was born into, right? Mm. So it really led me to be doing this. I started writing when I was, you know, composing and writing music when I was really in kindergarten and poetry and journals. I had my journals back to when I was a very young girl. And everything that I read in there when I go back and take a look, it was about consciousness only as a small, from a small girl's perspective. And some of it, when I look at it, I think, Oh, my gosh. Wow. I wish I'd had you as my little daughter. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason I say that goes back to the social enculturation, because we're all these splendid, magnificent, resonantly gorgeous human beings when we're leap into these lives. And for one nanosecond before we meet the family, the communities, the the religious affiliations, the schools, all those things that influence us and oftentimes take us away from who we intrinsically are. You know, once that happens, sometimes some of us are lucky enough to stay, you know, awake and see see on the other side of if there's a veil, if you want to use that as an image. And some of us lose track of what we're born to do, what we love to do when we were little. 
that make sense to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how you're so centered in creativity, in all kinds of creativity, the, mm-hmm. the poetry, the writing, the music, and, and creativity is a huge part of how you really share this message of consciousness. So let's, let's put that into a bigger perspective then because there's so much happening on our planet right now. There's so much shifting. There's so much change. And, and how, what message would you have to our listeners about consciousness in these times right here, right now? The most important thing from my mind, which is in my heart, which is directly aligned with my source, it tells me the most important thing is if we want to manifest something in our lives or in this world, if we want more love, if we want peace, we have to begin within our own lives. And that's why I speak about finding finding your way back to you. And it takes you all the way back to when you took the leap into this life. And just who I was saying, who you came in to be. So the highest and best thing anybody, every one of us can do, is to really get very quiet, really simplify, and take a look into yourself and find out what you're impassioned by. And what it is, and there's ways to begin. For instance, in my book, Take the Leap, I created this idea that if we begin with 15 minutes a day and do something we love, it will lead us into a deeper octaving of that passion. So, for example, let's say when you were little, you really enjoyed coloring with crayons. So perhaps what you say is on day one, from 5 to 5.15 I'm, I colored with crayons. You make this 30-day commitment. I colored with crayons. How did it make me feel? Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have time for this. What am I doing? I'm sitting here coloring with crayons, and I've got A, B, C, D to do. Day number two, 5 to 5.15, I colored with crayons. How do I feel? I don't know. I enjoyed myself, but I've got a lot to do. The end of the week, 5 no longer 5 to 5.15, 5 to 5.35. I got lost in choosing colors and shading. End of week two. I bought canvas and I'm painting in acrylics. End of week three. I want to go to oils. End of week four. I'm painting two and a half hours a day. I produced all these things. Maybe somehow I could create some kind of show and make it be uh, a benefit for somebody, kids who need art materials and and they can't get them. You see the development there? Mm, beautiful. So that the way it, you explain yeah. it, Heather, is so powerful because what you're showing us is the doing part of it, like really moving into it. Mm-hmm. And well, by that's moving what we are. We're human it, beings that are doing. We're dynamic yeah. entities. Beautiful. And then this emergent process comes where they're guided into the bigger, the more expansive. I love that example. Mm-hmm. That's how... That's how, if we want to manage how we're moving within the world with all these massive changes, with things that disturb us, things that are magnificent, how do we integrate ourselves? How do we deal with that? We deal with our own lives, with our own hearts. We, our mind, our perception is what creates our experience in this world. And so, if we start 
giving ourselves these opportunities, our mind that's in our heart is going to shift. And then when we start sharing that out into the world, that's, that's how we change the world. Mm. That's how we change the world, by shifting and becoming highly aware in our own lives. And it's such, it's such a joy. It's like, wow, I'm getting to do things I love to do. And I'm not talking about earning a living. I'm talking about doing what we're born to do. Doing what we're born to do. And if it happens to cross over with earning a living, then that's, you know, icing on the cake. Well, let's, you know, the progression of your example was really powerful because it went from from simple of coloring with crayons and then all of a sudden it, it was a movement toward the external and, and wanting to give back to mm-hmm. society, more of a humanitarian. Let's give another example, maybe for those that don't see themselves as creative, because mm-hmm. everyone has that passion. Everyone has something they love. But what if they're not creative? Let's give another example, if you could. Okay. Should we go with something like somebody who's athletic and enjoys running, perhaps? Mm, okay. Or do you want what sort of general, hmm, let me think. Well, I'm thinking of people who are like, in their minds a lot and maybe don't feel that creative spark in some way, mm-hmm. but they're, you know, they're just not finding themselves. Maybe it's okay. somebody that's just stuck. Well, what I like to do is have us go back and try to remember a time when we we're young. Some people have difficulty remembering themselves as children, but if you had the capacity to reflect and remember yourself at four years old, and, or, and if you, I'll just say, if, if you can't, then go through this process imagining what you'd like to see this little child doing. But if you can go back, and Julie, if you think about yourself at four years old, and take a breath into that, and let that go, and then think, see yourself somewhere where you were really happy, where time disappeared, the outside world wasn't significant because you were immersed in doing something that you love to do. It could have been you were hiking around in the woods, swinging on a swing. Maybe you're in the city park and you could hear the honking of the horns and sirens and dogs barking, but you were swinging or on a swing or climbing in the monkey bars. And when you go into that, stop and take a moment and look at those precious little hands precious little four-year-old hands and then turn and look at the other side and put them on your cheek and feel your face, feel that preciousness. And then go back into the experience. Maybe you're sitting in front of the television and you're playing with Legos or building blocks. or Maybe you're just quietly reading a book, whatever it is. And see yourself and remember that feeling or imagine that feeling of what you'd like to be where everything disappears and you're so focused just on doing that. And see, when we go through a simple, simple process like that, we can begin to tap back into what we liked when we were little or imagine what we would have liked to have done if we given the opportunity. And then begin from there. Because yes. those messages from one more tiny are life messages that carry through with us, maybe in a different form. But there it is. Yeah. That's what I love about how you just shifted the 
perspective of this exercise too is because it creates this portal. You're going back to those earliest times and then literally creating that activity, being in that place and that consciousness leads you to this present day. So I really love how powerful that can be that we don't have to worry about whether it's the right or wrong answer. We just have to take ourselves back into that that youthful way yeah. of being in the world and and let that lead us to whatever that is. Beautiful. We weren't busy multitasking back then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We yes. were simply immersed in what we're doing, and even if we're born into trauma, even if we're born into war-torn countries, I can guarantee you there's a place in each child and every single one of us that has a place that we escape to that's our own pure joy spot, you know, this beautiful little place, even if all we have to play in is dirt, and we can, it's there in a child. It's there in the beginning. Yeah. So you speak a lot about joy. And why is the joy piece important? Because I think that's a powerful prescription that you use to to really teach others and help others and assist. So let's talk about joy for a minute. Well, if we look at our world that we live in, it's it's all um, vibrational frequency. It's electromagnetic energy. It's energy. You know, what we are is all energy. So if you even, uh, a friend of mine has this great, uh, great example of, you know, water has many forms. It's sometimes liquid and flowing. Sometimes it's frozen like ice cubes. It can be steam. And, and uh, so it's a question of frequency. You know, steam actually literally vibrates at a much higher frequency than, than water and then ice cubes. And so, so when joy is a really, think of a hummingbird. Think of those little visual, the wings, that high vibrating frequency. Joy is like that. And that's why hummingbirds are even symbols of joy. Because when we see a hummingbird, it's like, wow, it's vibrating so quickly and beautifully and the sun's reflecting on it. And that's joy. And so when we bring joy into our lives, we heal ourselves. We heal ourselves from all the stories that we've lived through that have taken us off course from who we're born to be where other people who we were born into didn't necessarily see who we were. And so we got, were guided by them, and we got guided away maybe from ourselves. And so joy brings us back into alignment with your first question, all things connected. Joy is one of the central vibrational frequencies of this universe. Love is massively it's the highest frequency there is. So when we move into joy and love, we're vibrating, then we align with the entire universe. And then we have infinite, infinite supply of energy and creative juice and joy. And, and you get, it's like, it just makes, when I start talking about it, my frequency just goes really high. It starts going very quickly. Mm, yeah, we can feel it. We can yeah. feel it in, yeah, in your voice, even feeling that that shift into that. Thank you for that. It's really <laughs> an important piece. And when you talk about healing, I'm wondering if we can divert just a minute back to that joy as a healing balm, because that alignment is this important thing, remembering who we are and, and really aligning with that highest form of expression of who we are in this 
bifurcated nature. You were talking about um, individuating and coming into form. And, and there's something about that joy and alignment that really does help our cells remember who we are. Can you speak of joy and healing? Yes, I'd love to. I, I, as you know, I am an intuitive and I work with energy healing with people. And one of the things that I notice is when someone comes and they, let's say I'm having a, a, a face-to-face with them and they come in and we sit down together, I can feel a weightiness. It's a sludge. It's like they're dragging around weights in their pockets. <laughs> and then they begin to share about their life. And a lot of the stories are about their responsibilities and how there's no time for doing things that they love and that this problem, this problem, and it's their perception, it's their focus. So their focus is on all the troubles. Well, we all have, we all have issues in our lives. We're human beings. But where we put our attention and how we, what we think about and what we, what we bring into doing in our life makes a difference of jo- aligning with joy or focusing on the things that are really, really hard that bring us into illness or feeling like we don't have a choice and we become victims. And that's, that's the antithesis of being aligned with joy. Because when we get really simple and we understand what we have, the capacity, the greatest gift is of choice to choose what we're going to focus our attention on. And if we focus, and that's why we have affirmations, right? That's one of the purposes of affirmation. That's one of the biggest reasons we meditate. That's why we stop and breathe. Because it's to clear out the clutter that blocks us from our natural state, which is a higher vibrating frequency of love and joy. So we have to clear out the clutter of our mind, clear out the clutter even in our homes, in our closets, in our relationships. It's a big deal. Mm. So how can, you, how can you feel joyful when you're busy focusing on fear and all the challenges? We were talking about this earlier. You have to turn your attention to the things that remind you of this higher thing. Flowers, right? Rainbows. These are things that are symbols of of something that's simple and and beautiful. That's what I would suggest. You know, and I I love how that also builds on your example of that childlike state of being where we aren't multitasking and just imagining um, taking in all this information in the information age and all this technology and our attention is going in a lot of different directions. And in my mind, as you're speaking, I just feel the weight of that for those that are caught up in, you know, trying to stay on top of things and be connected and, and, and really that, that whole bombarding place of information coming in and being available. And, and that itself feels like the, I don't remember what you called it, drudge or, you know, just that heavy, heavy energy that we experience. And then we literally take that on in our bodies. So really, yeah, I appreciate that example because clearing that then brings us that levity and brings us that that place of that higher octave. So, wow. The octaving is key. 
You know, I keep having, I don't know why, but when these things come, I have to say them. I keep having an image I wanted to share is imagine yourself, see a little child, and you're right at the shoreline of a, not a crashing ocean, but maybe a beautiful body of water with, lap, with gentle waves lapping in, the water's clean and pure, the sand is gorgeous, and you're sitting right in that spot where you're in the sand and a little bit of water, and you have a bucket, like a pail and a shovel, and you're digging and you're making a sandcastle. And all you're focusing on is that. Is that. You're not thinking, you're not carrying rocks around in your pocket. Mm-hmm. If you can imagine that, that feeling with the warmth on your back and the water lapping over your little leg. It's, these are the things that we can use as ways to help lighten, to help lighten what we're, the load we're carrying around. You know, take some rocks out of your pocket. <laughs> mm. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, we are going to take a break here in just a, a brief moment. I want to make sure our listeners know how to find you. And then after the break, there's so much that we could go in, but the the whole conversation of, of peace just came into my mind when you're talking about this child on the beach. And, and so we really want to bring our conversation into dynamic peace because you're doing some really amazing things with that. So why don't, before the break, why don't you tell our listeners how they can find you? Well, my website is my name. It's www.heathermccloskeybeck.com. On Facebook, it would be the same. I have a big presence on Facebook. I have a wonderful peace page on Facebook called Peace Flash. And, hmm, what else? What else would you suggest? You know what? That's perfect. (laughs) I'm going to put the website on the page so people will be able to just refer back to it. And they can also go to thedrjulieshow.com and find that just with your spelling. We'll say it again in the next segment. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back... More with Heather McCloskey Beck. Play ball! Now pitching, Dave Black. Dave is about to catch his opponent off guard. Not with his nasty fastball. No, instead of a fastball, Dave will be hurling a tomato. And the pitch. Ooh. Using tomatoes as baseballs won't go over well with anyone. But if you're looking to hit the ball further and throw better, eating a healthy diet that includes fruits and vegetables is a home run. Packed with nutrients, they could help keep your body healthy and strong, giving you the energy you need to hit that grand slam. When you look at it this way, eating tomatoes is playing hardball against the competition. Run, throw, think, eat better. Can your food do that? Find out at smallstep.gov. That's smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Have you ever lost a cat? And have you ever wanted to get your cat back after you lost it? Hi there, I'm Andrew Hoffman. I went on this website called inventnow.org. Then I decided to make an invention of my own. It's called the Lost Cat Magnet Invention. So you can get your cat back after you lost it. Just turn it on, 
And lost cat stick to it. That's a good cat. If your cat was hiding up in a tree, it won't be up a tree anymore. It will be stuck to the lost cat magnet. And sometimes they fly toward you in the air. Just listen to one satisfied cat. See, that's proof. You should go to the inventnow.org website too. But just remember one thing. Don't do a lost cat magnet. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Before there were computer games and HDTV, cram courses and teaching to the test, there was this thing called imagination. A tool so powerful, it could transport kids on the most amazing journeys of their lives. From outer space to center field at Yankee Stadium. It is for these journeys that Destination Imagination was created. An extraordinary after-school program in creativity and teamwork for every child. At Destination Imagination, teams are formed and challenges are met with a whole lot of imagination. And while we can't guarantee it'll get your kid into Harvard or onto American Idol, we're pretty sure that Destination Imagination will be the most important journey they make this year. Maybe any year. Parents, teachers, start a Destination Imagination team by calling 888-321-1503 or visit DestinationImagination.org. That's DestinationImagination.org. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back to the Dr. Julie Show. My guest today is Heather McCloskey Beck, and you can find her at heathermccloskeybeck.com. And she also has this beautiful Facebook presence. If you want to share this archive with a friend and refer somebody or listen to the show again, please visit our website, thedrjulieshow.com, where all the archives are there, upcoming shows, and leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie. So, Heather, we were talking right before the break. You do have this beautiful presence on Facebook. And that's one of the very first times I met you was through Facebook with your Peace Flash page. It's it's beautiful. It's amazing, huge. But you've been talking a lot about peace. And I know you're going on stage to talk about dynamic peace. Why don't you introduce our listeners to what you mean by dynamic peace? So dynamic peace, when, many times when people think about peace, they think about sitting quietly, meditating, breathing, and, and some other people think it, perhaps it's the absence of negativity, the absence of violence, the absence of war, the absence of something that's a negative thing that imposes on our lives. But in fact, I'm very much about being proactive and and embracing who we were born to be, as I've talked about, which is dynamic energy, because life is an energy that's in motion. We're always in motion. Yes, we can become more still. So the dynamic part of dynamic peace is that when we align with what our gifts are, what we were born to do, we're each born with our own unique genius. And when we rediscover, when we find our way back to ourselves and we begin the process, 
even of 15 minutes a day, of doing something that we love to do. And it can be walking in nature. It can be something gentle like that, but it's something. It's a doing. Then we're dynamically in motion. And when these things that we do, they bring us profound inner alignment and peace. Because when you align with what you love to do, there's nothing quite more miraculous. You can feel it. It creates an inspired peace. It's a peace that's in motion. And so that's why I call it dynamic peace, because when we do what we're born to do and we share that out into the world, then we influence the world. And then the people who I may speak to about this, maybe there's a group of 10 people, if all those 10 people began to do what they were born to do and making use of their gifts and sharing out to the world, that's a dynamic motion. And that's how we begin to shift, to create a more peaceful world. Not by putting a squash on things that aren't good and that are, that are violent. Yes, we need to do that. But what we really need to do is proactively put into our world that which is beautiful to create beauty, to use our creative inspiration. So it's about doing rather than repressing. Hmm. It's like um, the quote that instead of instead of fighting against something, create the new that will replace it. Yeah, exactly. I love that. We're not resisting. We're opening up to all the possibility. It's all streaming through us rather than resisting. Yeah, so what does the energy of resistance do for us? Well, resistance holds us back from our gifts. And when we meet a lot of resistance, we can develop really, really um, damaging behaviors, addictions, mediocrity, boredom. People go to the TV clicker, and Mm -hmm. instead of doing something that maybe would be really interesting for them because they don't have the energy because they're not, they're not living a life that's dynamically interesting at all. It's hard to get going to get through that inertia. And so it's damaging. Resistance creates an experience of mediocrity. And mediocrity is one of the worst things that we could allow to fester in our lives. We are not born to squander our lives and just be mediocre in how we're enjoying our life. That's not the purpose. Hmm. I love that. And I, I, I do see the, the duality there of really the resistance and then really moving into that flow. You like to talk about streaming and um, I like to use the term a higher octave. And I heard you talk about a deeper octave. I love that thing. Let's talk about this flow for a minute because as I'm listening to you talk about this dynamic piece, I'm seeing the laws of the universe presenting here in that we begin attracting more of this dynamic motion that we've put into place. It's more than just an affirmation. It's more than just a thought of, of inner peace or a thought of aligning with my creative expressive self, my highest self. It really is this motion that the universe goes, Oh, this is real. This Heather is being this. And it seems like that in itself is an invitation to attract more of it to ourselves. Beautiful. 
<laughs> I like what you said. <laughs> Beautiful, oh, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, the attunement part of really coming into a vibrational frequency together, of bringing that back in, is an important practice for us. So I love this conversation of dynamic peace. It's more than just praying for peace. It's more than just meditating and being in an inner state of peace in our mind, but literally we're putting this vibe out into the universe. We are, and it's, it, it's because so many people, when we think about even, even the idea of, you know, when we have the issues of gun control, that people have, you know, two sides of feeling, multiple sides of feeling about it. But the point is, is that what, you know, many people, when, when, we, when there's war, people feel helpless that they can't make a change. Well, you can. You can literally create a life that you love. And I'm going to guarantee you, if you're surrounded by people that have been holding you back and you create this, start doing things that feel really great and they see this joy, they're either going to get on, get on board with you and say, what are you doing? Or they're going to drop away. And you are, as you said, you are going to attract people who are going to be living in this dynamically beautiful way. And this doesn't mean busyness. This means doing the things that are amazing and inspiring to you. That that's what creates, that's what creates the, mo- the movement forward. That's how we could really, truly change the world. If each person took responsibility and care to to be happy and joyful by doing these things, the world will change. I can guarantee you, somebody could not stand at an easel for four or five hours in the morning and be channeling in this gorgeous artwork, and then in the afternoon say, oh, now I'm going to go out and I'm going to commit mayhem. I'm going to go out and commit violence on 100 people. They don't go together. Mm. They don't go together. People who are committing these atrocious acts are people who are absolutely lost, totally lost from themselves and what they were born to do. Beautiful. So here's a prescription for our listeners. So, uh, you know, many people will say, you know, well, it's one thing to think peace or to pray or to work on yourself. But when all these people out there are suffering and da, 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 da. But really what you're saying, if I'm getting it right, Heather, which is really important is we began with ourselves, creating personal peace, taking responsibility. But I'm also hearing you say it not only shifts us, we don't become violent because we're in this place, but it's also shifting those around us. We're making a difference by being this vibration of, of joy and love and peace, dynamic peace. Beautiful. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what would you, you say to beautifully. those people? Who, yeah. The gun control or the, we got to fight against this. We got to go, we got to, petition what do you say about really strong activists that are are about the action and I, I think there's a balance here but what would you say to those people well first of all there's people who are born to be activists right maybe their gift is moving and shaking 
in this way. And so when they're doing that and actually creating something really positive with their hard work, that they're totally aligned with mm-hmm. what they're born to do. And so, so that is them living directly aligned with their gifts, right? Beautiful, yes. And so you asked early in the very beginning of our conversation when I was talking about an example of crayons. So there's an example of somebody who was born to really create some huge shifts by that type of activism, whether it's Greenpeace and going out and, you know, or it's protecting the environment or it's about gun control or women's rights, body rights, you know, the, and whatever it is about about being respectful and kind to all humans to all animals we all we all have the responsibility not only to to shift and align in our own lives but then yeah to go out and take right action in our world it doesn't mean fighting it means about leading in a positive new way in a positive different way by example we can't just sit there and click the TV and say, oops, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> mm. That's resistance. That's yeah. massive, blinding resistance. That's inertia. Inertia is exactly opposite of dynamic energy. I love that. It, it's really clear for me. I hope it's clear for our listeners. You're speaking of... Um, this dynamic energy, we're making meaningful choices, we're aligning with our purpose and our path, we're really creating this art of doing what we love. You also mentioned clearing out the clutter. I think that's a really important prescription. I'm wondering if we could talk just for a moment here about this need for self-nurturing, self-care. You know, what do we do besides this creative process of aligning with our choices? What else do we need to do at this time on the planet to really help us move into dynamic peace? Excellent question. You and I were talking earlier about, you know, self-care, nurturing, and, and taking care of ourselves. Or, you know, we're given this gift of living, and it's not for us to squander. It's not for us to take care of everybody else and not ourselves. It's not for that. It is for self-care, and self-care can begin in many different ways. And, and many people don't even realize they're not taking care of themselves, which is pretty interesting. But if you think about how do you speak to yourself versus how you would communicate to someone else. So let's say you and I were together, and let's say we were sitting in a room. We invited, we were having a conversation. We had a little audience. We invited one of the people to come on up and join our conversation. And on the way up, Let's name her, her uh, Lydia. And Lydia stumbled and fell on the stairs coming on the way up. How would we respond, Julie? How would we all respond in that room? Mm, yeah, everybody would first gasp and then jerk right away and get up to help her as fast as we could. And we would be saying, it's okay. You know, I do this. All, I've done this. Don't feel, you know, all those things. Now, pretend you're, you're Julie. And I say, Julie, come on up. and you sprawl flat out on the stairs. <laughs> flat. <laughs> There's splatted Julie. How are you going to feel inside of yourself in front of, let's say, an audience of 100 people or maybe 500 or maybe 10? How are you going to feel? 
Yeah. Wow. I'm going to, I'm going to be so into my negative self-talk, my shame, my embarrassment. Uh, Oh my gosh. I want to disappear. Yeah. So why on earth, why on earth should we talk to ourselves that way when we would never do that to anybody else in those circumstances? Mm. (laughs) It's a big question. Yeah, it is. And it's a beautiful, a beautiful example that instantly brings us to that knowing like, oh, yeah, I do that. I mean, we all really can get into that negative self-talk. Yeah. And you also tie it into really limiting beliefs and storytelling about ourselves. And that's another great example of how we, I could then take that and go, I am such a klutz. I'm such a loser. What I need yeah. to be careful. What did I, that, that, and I create this big story around it as well. And, and meanwhile, that's probably from somewhere or another what, what we've heard along the way in some form or another, whether it's been our families or our schools or the peers or wherever it's come from. But what's really remarkable is that we pick it up and they disappear and we carry it on for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We keep it going. And so then we become our own hindrance. We are the ones who are resisting. We are the ones who are giving ourselves the deep lack of respect and regard. Believe me, if if you're given the gift of living, do you think you were born to to treat yourself badly? Do you, were we born to treat one another badly? Were you born to treat yourself badly? <laughs> So how do we do that, Heather? How do we teach self-love and self-care and nurturing? But more importantly, this really looking at ourselves as that precious little girl that you wished was your little daughter, you know? Right. How do we do that? Well, we could start. One of the things I love, well, there's a bunch of different, actually, in the second half of my book, Take the Leap, addresses a lot of this. But one of the things that comes to my mind is, how do we begin our day? Many people jump up to an alarm clock, they rush, they hit the coffee, they get make the breakfast for the kids, they get the get to work, everybody's jamming, 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 running, 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 and there's no time. And by the end of the day, everybody's pretty exhausted. They hit the clicker, watch a little TV, get the kids to bed, dinner's done, boom, you're back to sleep. So what if you change the way you started your day? What if you decided to get up a half hour earlier? one half hour earlier than everybody else, and you put on your kettle for tea or coffee, and you get up and have your coffee or tea or just take some time and go sit outside and listen to the birds. Maybe you light a candle and have some flowers and just put your feet up. Maybe you read something inspirational. Why don't you change the way you start your day? Because you're in charge. You're the boss of your body. You're the boss of your life. So if we start with something really simple like that, we have the capacity to do that. What if we did this throughout the day? What if maybe every hour we just stopped when things seemed like they were really speeding up and getting really hectic? Instead, the counterintuitive thing is to slow it down. Take some breaths. Take 60 seconds. take ourselves out of that multitasking mind and just simplify it. Now, these things are not tricky and complicated. What if instead of saying, you're such an idiot, 
you're such a klutz, you're such a loser, instead is your hands go on your cheeks. I love you. I love you. I want to love you. I don't know how to love you, but I want to love you, and I want to take care of you. And show me how. Well, you could begin by speaking kindly to yourself. It's okay. You did your best. Okay, next time you're going to think a little differently. Okay. So start being kind, right? Taking nice hot baths. These are really (laughs) simple ways. Maybe you take yourself out once a week. You could start with and do something you enjoy, some kind of little personal date. If you like shopping, go window shopping. If you like to see beautiful art, go, go, go looking at an art gallery. Maybe take yourself out into nature. Nature's a big one. If you like to garden and you don't have anywhere to garden, get some pots and do it inside. These really simple nurturing things are big ways. And the clutter is enormous, right? Clutter is, we don't, it's kind of like the rocks in the pocket. When, how many people open up, if they have a garage, open up their garage and can they pull their car into it? Or is it loaded with stuff? Yeah, and we see people with storage buildings, you know. (laughs) Yes. And then the clothing closets. You can't even get in there because it's so packed because you can't get, I can't get that up. Oh, no, I may wear that, you know. And you haven't. You haven't worn it for years. And think of all the people, if you want to think outside of yourself, think of everybody who, who doesn't have a dress to wear. So you can not only clear out the clutter for yourself and begin to work with that, but then you get to be feel this beauty of and gratitude for being generous and, and lovingly caring and sharing it with somebody else. I love, I love doing that. I, I love keeping things as simple as possible. And then... It's very freeing. If you go through your home, through your businesses, through your rooms, and then you go into your friends. Are these people really your friends? <laughs> Are they kind to you? How much time are you spending with people who aren't so kind to you? Maybe begin to say, nope, nope, that's not good for me. So these, I'm going through these things quickly, many suggestions, but these are really simple ways. Clear out the clutter in your mind. Clear out the clutter in your relationships. Start saying no. If if you don't want to say yes, then don't say yes to being asked to chair this committee or take that child to or take the dog, whatever it is that's beyond what your threshold of okayness is. You have to be able to say no. So these are all the things that create this resistance in us and it exhausts us. And instead, when we thin this all out, we cull through all this debris and put in things that feel good and let go of the things that aren't serving us, life changes. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I'm thinking of other examples as you're talking. I hope our listeners are just as inspired. And, you know, just listening to you, I'm hearing the clutter of technology of how we clutter ourselves with the technology. I'm thinking about food and how we put in foods that clutter our energetic systems. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just, I just keep firing off just with your whole theme of clutter. So thank you. It's really powerful to think in this, in this way, Heather. I love, I love that you just took that and, and went to, because it does, it touches every part of our living. 
and I'm glad that you you brought all that up. That's excellent. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, my, yeah, I'm firing off all kinds of them here and I just I just love how simple that is. It's a beautiful prescription that you know, almost every listener can look at their life right now and make a huge difference huge difference by looking at that that clutter theme so thank you for that oh heather we just have a few minutes left here and i'm just wondering if there's anything that you and you you've done a really good job talking about um just this whole path of of how to take a leap and come into this creating the life that we're born to do and and really falling in love with our life. I'm wondering if there's anything left, if you had a billboard that you could put out there for everybody, if there was some powerful message in a sentence or two that you really want people to listen to, what would that be today? We have talked about a lot of things involving dynamic peace and taking the leap, that each one of us is our own unique genius. We've, we've gone through steps of how, how to go about clearing out clutter, but the real bottom line is when we're born, we're born into this human form, that which we are in essence, born to this human form. So I really feel so strongly that I would put up a billboard and say, how would you like to find your way back to you? Come on over here. Let's do this together. Because finding your way back to you, that's what I said. We're born for one nanosecond. We're fully ourselves, locked and loaded, ready to go. And we greet this social enculturation that takes us off our path. So how about finding your way back to you? What you took the leap in here to be and do that would inspire you How about finding your way back to you? Mm. Beautiful message. And I know all of our listeners are firing off with just the essence of that, like feeling that sense of that authentic me. Oh, yeah. You know, I was born. Oh, yeah. You know, what a comforting thought to think like that finding i want to say something is that anything that i'm speaking about it it, when i said yes i was born knowing these things believe me i have lived through a lot of suffering and i've lived through trauma and and health challenges and so there's nothing you know relationship issues i'm not saying these things from not having lived it i'm saying these things because i have lived it and I feel so strongly that I want other people to be able to go through this process. That's why I created this Facebook group called Finding Your Way Back to You. And people can join it because it's turning into this remarkably supportive, beautiful environment. I wrote a, an online course called Finding Your Way Back to You. But this Facebook group is wonderful because we're all in this process. We're all in this process together. And nobody's exempt. No human being's exempt. Mm, thank you. I love that. Thank you. I, you know, I just want to, I need to bring this to a close and I don't want to, I want to just remind our listeners, they can find you on those Facebook groups. Go find that. Also find Heather at Heather com. That's H-E-A-T-H-E-R-M-C-C-L-O-S-K-E-Y 
B-E-C-K.com. And you can find her on Facebook. There's so much beautiful content right there on your, on your website, but also the Facebook pages. So Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. I so appreciate having you here. I love being with you and I love talking to you every single time. So thank you. It's my honor. Thank you. you. I know we're going to have to have you back on again and, and enjoy your time next month at Celebrate Your Life. Uh, Hopefully. It's going to be fun. um, (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's more information on your website. People can go find out there. Also a beautiful blog. Go find the book. Take the leap. There's so much right there. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Look forward to having you back here again. Thank you. You bet. Bye-bye for now.